Hello and welcome to this message from the room. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the Bibles this morning, go ahead and turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. It's where we're going to be this morning. Philippians chapter 4, uh, verses 1 through 19 is where I'm going to take my text from today. And so we're going to talk about this morning, we're going to talk about peace. Uh, anybody need peace? Anybody need some peace and quiet? Don't leave the quiet out, but make sure you add that in there too, Pastor. I need some peace and some quiet. Uh, Definitely. Everybody likes some peace. You know, God has offered that to us. He has talked to us at great detail about living your life with some peace. And all of us, you know, probably this past week... As you have had relatives at your house or maybe you have been at a relative's house and at one point I would be willing to bet that some of you, not all of you, but some of you have probably said in your mind or maybe murmured under your breath or maybe you just completely freaked out in public in front of everybody and just said these words, I need some peace. Anybody relate to that? Amen. Holidays, holidays. Peace, I would say to you, is not just something that is a seasonal thing, however. You know, we talk about this time of year, uh, you know, peace on earth and goodwill toward men. And these are uh, overarching themes that continue throughout the holiday season. But peace is not a seasonal thing. It's something that God teaches us throughout Scripture. And as a matter of fact, Jesus says Himself in John 14, 27, He says, Peace I leave with you. He says, I'm giving you some peace as I depart from you and as I ascend to heaven, I'm leaving my peace with you. And He goes on to say, My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. In other words, it's not fleeting. It's not something that comes and goes, but it's something that should be constant in our lives. And then He goes on to say, Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And and the fact is, the fact is, and even I believe it was Morgan alluded to or Caleb alluded to it this morning, that sometimes during this season it can be very difficult and very hard for folks, people that have lost loved ones, people that have, you know, maybe their holiday season isn't all that they have built up in their mind for it to be. We understand that. And, and sometimes it's very easy for us to be very troubled, to be very afraid, to be very disturbed, discouraged, and even really miss what God is trying to do for us in this season. Jesus intends for us, He intends for you, He intends for everybody in this room to have some peace in your life. Even, even if other things in your life seem to work to deprive you of it. God still wants you to have peace. He still wants you to experience the peace that He says I leave with you and the peace that I, He says I give to you. And so I want to preach to you living the peaceful life this morning. Would you help me pray? Father, I thank you for your anointing in this place. I pray that God throughout this season, this holiday season, not only in this season, but throughout the year, Father, that we would grab hold of the promises of God. One of the great things that you have promised to give us in this life is peace. 
And I ask that, Father, each and every person would experience the peace of God that passes all understanding, that that peace would guard their heart and minds in Christ Jesus, and that, God, it would establish us in all of our ways, that, Lord, we would always be able to find an anchor there in that place of peace with you. I pray your blessing upon this message. Help me to communicate well and for us to have ears to understand what the Spirit of God is trying to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Philippians chapter 4. Let's go there. We're going to read a few verses of Scripture there this morning to get started. Therefore, it says, My beloved and longed for brethren, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. I implore Euodia and I implore Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. And I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. And then it says in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men, for the Lord is at hand. And so here's the first thing I want you to understand. If you're going to live a peaceful life, then you have to learn, we have to learn, I have to learn how to govern my actions. It starts by governing my actions. I believe and I preach to you often that we have the ability to govern our actions and we have the ability to be responsible for our behavior. Two of you believe me. I believe that all of us in this place have the capacity. We have the wherewithal. We have the skill set. We have, we have been placed within us the ability to govern our actions. We can control our behaviors, what I'm saying. We can control the way we respond. We can control the way we deal with situations around us. The fact is, and I believe this this morning, that no one controls yours or my response to any situation except us. I control my response to the situations. Now, that doesn't mean I'm always in control. And that doesn't mean that I always do a great job of controlling my response to every situation. Neither do you. We all struggle in that area. But the fact of the matter is we do have the ability to control our response to any situation. We have to govern our actions. The enemy, the biggest enemy to peace oftentimes is choosing to make terrible decisions. And I am of the camp, I believe this very strongly this morning, that the devil never made me do it. That it's always been up to me and I've always made the choices that I've made in life and whatever happens is a re- reaction to the choices that I've made. But at the end of the day, I'm the one that has to deal with what I've chosen to do. I'm the one that has to account for what I've chosen to do. I don't think that we uh, stumble into sin. I don't think we, we just fall into sin. I don't think that any of that happens. I think that we choose at some level to walk into those things. And so if we can choose to walk into it, we can also choose not to. We can also govern the way we make decisions. And the biggest enemy to peace, again, is oftentimes we choose to make terrible decisions that we know, that we know, that we know ahead of time are going to lead us into trouble. Wrong actions and wrong decisions always create chaos. They always create chaos. And and that's the opposite of peace, right? Chaos is the opposite of peace. Confusion is the opposite of peace. I don't need more chaos and confusion in my life. I need peace in my life. 
But the fact of the matter is that when I, make, when I respond wrongly to things or I react hastily in things, or I make wrong decisions, oftentimes what I am doing is I am kicking open the door for chaos and confusion to be ushered into my life. When all the time it was within my grasp and within my power to hold that at the door and say, no, I'm holding on to my peace and I'm not forfeiting it for anybody else or anything else. Wrong decisions, wrong actions, wrong reactions... That's the big, big one right there, isn't it? Reactions all lead us away from peace. And Paul tells us in the passage that he says there's some ways that you can govern, you can govern your actions. First of all, he says in verse 1, stand fast in the Lord. Stand fast in the Lord. So, so one way we govern our actions is by standing firm in the Lord. We rarely, we rarely feel an uneasiness from doing what is right. Rarely. I'm not saying it never happens because some of us, you know, are apprehensive about making choices and things like that. So, so there is a measure of that to a degree. But we rarely feel an uneasiness from making right decisions. But most of the time we feel an uneasiness in our spirit and in our daily lives because we've made a decision that is wrong. When I do something that I know is wrong, instantly I feel it. Don't you? You know, that's the conviction power of the Holy Spirit. That's the guiding of the Holy Spirit. That's something that we need to tune our ear into and and listen to better. And as simple as it sounds, it's a powerful truth that we do what is wrong because we don't do what is right. We do what is wrong because we don't do what is right. And if we will make right decisions and think about things ahead of time, how am I, I, everybody has that family member. Some of us have more than our fair share of those family members. But every one of us has that family member that cannot say a positive thing at all. That They don't know how to compliment you without doing a backhanded compliment, right? You sure look good in that dress. I commend you for having the courage to wear it. That, that is a backhanded comment, right? You know what I'm talking about, that critical nature. And so when I know I'm going into that place, I need to set my mind right in the beginning and be prepared in my response to those things, right? And if we will think about stuff like that a little bit ahead of time, we will guard ourselves from having negative reactions to those kinds of things. God, the kingdom of God, the church, all of it, needs believers who will stand firm and will be unwavering in their commitment to the Lord. We have to stay connected to Jesus. You know, I preached a few years ago a message called Don't Lose Your Jesus. And I think that the holiday season is a prime opportunity for us to completely lose track of who Jesus is and what He come to do and what He's all about in our personal lives. I can leave Jesus at home in a split second during the holiday seasons. Driving down the road, I can be driving down the highway, people cutting me off, and Jesus is nowhere to be found. I'm just telling you the truth this morning. So we have to stay connected to the Father. Stand firm in the Lord. How do we get peace? By staying connected to Christ. It is His peace, he says. And so he offers it and it comes from Him. And that's why Paul says, stand fast in the Lord. 
Compromise without, with sin. Compromise with sin is not an option for the believer. We have to stand fast in the Lord. We can't choose a life of compromise. And those decisions that lead us away from God are decisions that lead us away from all the resources that God provides for us. This, another way that he tells us we can govern our actions is that we, in verse 2 it says, be of the same mind. Be of the same mind. And, and so another way we govern our actions is by choosing to live in harmony. We have to choose, again, it's a choice to live in harmony. April and I were talking last week after service and we both feel very confident in saying that our church, I don't feel like our church has ever been in a place where it's more united than it is right now. We, we, we feel the connection among the people. And I think one indicator of that is the presence of God that we feel each week. And God is moving and it's because the River family is working together and living in harmony. And, and God always occupies that environment. So I encourage everyone to play nice and to cooperate with one another. Choose to get along and choose to go along if at all possible. You know, you can choose to get along and go along in most every situation because unity, at the end of the day, unity is a choice. It is a choice. It's a choice that we make and that's why it's a key to governing our actions. You don't have to agree with everybody to be in agreement with everybody. I'll say that again. You don't have to agree to be in agreement I may not agree with what you're doing, but I can agree that I want the best for you, that I'm hopeful for the best for you, that, that you know we have a common purpose, we have a common goal, we have something that we can rally around and get behind together. And I don't have to agree with you to stay in agreement. I don't have to agree with you to be in unity with you. It's about finding common ground. It's about finding common purpose. And it's about a God who will keep us in perfect unity with the body of Christ. And the, the, the other way that he tells us we can govern our actions is by verse 5 says, Let your gentleness be known to all men. Wow. So the third way we govern our actions is displaying self-control. Let your gentleness be known to all men. Black Friday shopping. I think it's a great opportunity for all of us to practice letting our gentleness be known to all men. Amen. Amen. Show forth those unique qualities that demonstrate Christ. You know, as we were, we didn't go Black Friday shopping. That's insanity. But uh, we, did, we did go later in the day. And I was just amazed at how people were driving. They're crazy. People are crazy. Uh, they were cutting us off. I mean, they were whipping in. And I mean, it was just, you had to play defense uh, out there if you were going to survive. And I'm just telling you, trying to get, you know, Gabe's an adult, but I mean, trying to move three kids through the, uh, through, through the stores and, and stay together, it, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. People are rude. People are, are unkind. People are, are just not very nice people at times during those seasons. And I think it's a great opportunity, though, for us as Christians to be different, to be unique. To, to stand out. You know, how many times have those poor checkers been chewed out in that day already? How many times has things been knocked off the shelf and left lying in the floor by, by people who just don't care that workers are picking that stuff up? And I just think it's an opportunity for all of us to go into those places and be kind and to be gentle and to show forth Christ's likeness. Amen. 
Let your gentleness be known to all men. Govern your actions. And so if we're going to have peace, we've got to learn to do that. Philippians 4 verse 6. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 8, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate, think, dwell on these things. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. The second way that we gain peace and we live a life of peace is we have to guard our attitudes. Guard our attitudes. Paul says to replace worry, here in the verse, he says replace worry with prayer and set our minds on things that are positive. The word guard here indicates there's an action to be taken on our part. We have to actively guard our peace. I'm not giving it up to this person. I'm not giving it up to this circumstance or situation. I'm not letting anybody rob my peace. There are plenty of opportunities for people to take your peace away. There are plenty of opportunities for you just to take the peace that God's given you and just throw it towards somebody and say, there you go and I'm going to let you have it now. But we have to guard that. We have to own that. We have to guard our peace. It suggests taking a proactive stance toward it, which will involve setting and resetting our attitude throughout the day. You hear that? That's a great key right there for guarding your attitude. Is setting your attitude and then constantly resetting your attitude throughout the day. So it starts by starting the day off right. God, I want to have a good day today. I want you to help me today. I want to get up with the right attitude. I want to see things the way you see things. I want to have the mind of Christ. I don't want to have an attitude that's bad. And so I want you to help me to guard that. That's setting yourself up for success throughout the day. But I promise you, when you start your day like that, there's going to be some knothead come along and they're going to be determined to throw you off of that setting. And so your response is critical. You have to reset. No. I'm not going down that road. No, I'm not doing that. This is who I am. This is what God's given me. I'm not forfeiting my peace in this situation. Does anyone ever deal with things and situations that just tick you off? I have a plethora of things that just tick me off. You know, this, the, you know little things that, that really shouldn't be a big deal, but, but they just rub me the wrong way. And if I don't set my mind right in the beginning of the day, and if I don't, when I encounter this plethora of things that comes along, reset my mind throughout the day, I can get myself in a real funky situation. But I'm sure that's just me. Paul shows us some ways to to guard our attitudes. First of all, we have to learn how to redirect our speech. He says in verse 6, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. It's redirecting our speech. If we could learn to pray more and complain less, God would do a lot of wonders in our lives. But complaining really is a counterfeit to prayer. Do you see that? You know, instead of praying about something, we just complain about it. That's, that's the enemy's way of prayer. 
essentially. And so well, we, don't, we don't want to do that. We want to pray to the Lord. We want God to redirect our speech because it's easy for us once we open the floodgate of neg- negativity, we can just roll that out just in a stream uh, that turns into a gully washer. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just a flood of negativity. The first word is like a gate that just opens that up. And so we have to guard ourselves, redirecting our speech. He says here, look, don't, don't get worried about stuff. Don't get focused on negative things. But, by, but in everything, through prayer, through communication with God, let your requests be made known to Him. We go from complaining and worrying to praying and thanking God. And if we will do that, God will help us to guard our attitudes. Another way that we do that is right, redirecting our focus. Verse 8 says, think on these things. What things? He says, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, lovely, just, pure, uh, of good report. He says, if there's anything that's praiseworthy, think about these kinds of things. Get your mind off the things that frustrate you. Get your mind off the things that are negative in your life and set your mind on things that are going to build you up and things that are good. The fact of the matter is, there may be a lot of things that throughout the day irritate and tick you off, But the fact is you have a lot more good things in your life than you do bad. And it's about redirecting that focus onto those kinds of things. There are so many things we can get frustrated about. And and that's not invalid. There are some legitimate things that are frustrating. But do I want to dwell on those things? Do I want my attitude to be sour? Or do I want to redirect my focus and let God correct my attitude and see things differently? You know what I found is, is that when you're so frustrated and irritated and aggravated that, that worship is such a great thing that it minimizes the difficulties in your life and it magnifies the answer in your life. And really when you come back after a moment of spending some time with the Lord, you can really discover how you know, simple and, and just little those things are that, that really tend to rub us the wrong way. Quit worrying about things you can't control. Quit worrying about things you can't control. There are people you can't control them. You can have conversations with them till you're blue in the face. It's not going to change anything. Let it go. There are circumstances that you can't control. You can, you can work on them till you rub your, your fingers to the nubs. And it's not going to change anything. There are things that you can't control. Get your mind off of those things. You can't help that the last 60-inch TV sold right before you were able to get there. Can't help it. It's beyond your control. And so just don't take it out on your kids or your wife or your husband. God, please don't take it out on your husband. (laughs) Another way that we guard our attitudes is redirect our energy. Think about this for a moment. Paul says in verse 9, Paul says, These things you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these things you do, and the God of peace will be with you. Energy released into a good purpose is very therapeutic. Does anybody ever feel that anxious energy? You know, like, I, I don't know what I need to do, but I need to do something. i got to release some of this energy. And, you know, you go outside and you work on a project that has nothing to do with what you're nervous about, and you realize that it's very therapeutic. 
You know, for some people they go work out or for others they work outside or they just do something different than what they're accustomed to doing. It's very therapeutic for me to go outside and work on things that I'm not normally working on. You know, we put up Christmas lights the other day. You know, I'm tired after I do it. But that's a good energy release. It's healthy. Energy stored up usually results in a blow up. Energy that's stored up usually results in a blow up. If if I don't do anything with that pent up energy, if I don't redirect that energy, then what's going to happen? Ultimately, I'm going to probably blow up on somebody. So put some energy into some positive things, things that will benefit other people and ultimately benefit the kingdom of God. We have to guard our attitudes. The enemy likes to work through them. He loves to work through your attitude. He likes to work through your attitude, our attitude, my attitude to accomplish his plan. And an attitude unguarded leads to actions that are ungoverned. I'll say that again. An attitude that is unguarded leads to actions that are ungoverned. When we don't guard our attitude, consequently we don't necessarily guard our actions either. And one follows the other into chaos. The last point I want to make to you today is that we have to be a giver. You want the peace of God in your life, you have to be a giver. Nothing does more. Nothing does more for our growth and development than giving what we have to give. Why is that? Because outward focus always brings inward peace. Outward focus always brings inward peace. A self-focused person struggles to find peace. Because why? Because it's a, you know, a selfish person is a, is a hole that cannot be filled. You know, they, they have this gaping hole in their life that just cannot be filled. And it doesn't matter what they do or what they obtain or what they gather in their life materialistically. Nothing seems to offer it. But when you learn to be a giver, God fills your life with peace. A self-focused person person always struggles to find that because they're too focused on themselves. But when you work at giving and releasing things for the purpose of the kingdom, the kingdom is released and given to you. So we have to learn to give what we have to give give to others. You know, Paul says in verse 14, You have done well that you shared in my distress, that you were a partner with me in my difficulty, And because of that, peace has been released in your life. He also says that we have to give what we have to give also unto the Lord. God has given us resources. Why? So that we can be a conduit of blessing to other people. You are blessed to be a blessing. You are not blessed for it to stop with you. You are blessed to be a blessing. And you are a conduit through which the blessings and the favor and the goodness and the grace of God passes through. And I don't know that there's a better time of the year to exercise these kinds of principles and these kinds of ideas than right now. There are a lot of families that have needs. We can be a blessing to them. There are a lot of people that are frustrated, that are hurt, that are discouraged, that are having difficulties. We can be a blessing to them. Let God work through you to bring some joy and some peace and some relief and some hope to some other people. Verse 19 says, My God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. How does God supply our needs? As we supply others' needs, God supplies ours. God set the church as the mechanism to release His kingdom on this earth. That was His intention. That was His plan. 
that all the things of the kingdom of God would pass through the hands of the people that make and comprise the church. We do it through receiving and then releasing it back. How does this point relate to peace? I'm telling you, because true peace comes through a Christ life that is expressed. It comes through the Christ life as as it's expressed. When God's ways become my ways, His presence and life passes through me into the lives of other people. Peace and goodwill toward men, that's that's the goal this season. And so do something for someone this Christmas season. Look for ways to bring peace and joy into someone's life and see if it doesn't come back to you 10, 30, 50, 100 fold in your life. Service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you would like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street in Burkrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river.